Finances can be complicated, but they don't have to be. I break down financial topics that may seem complex and overwhelming so you can start taking action on your financial goals. I'm Ari Talbot, and it all starts here on Personal Finance Redefined. Welcome to another episode of Personal Finance Redefined. Today's topic is where do you start with your finances? When it comes to thinking about your finances, where do you begin? So there's three steps when it comes down to figuring out where to start with your finances so that you can start to take control of your financial future. That first step is to pay down debt. So whether it's credit card debt, student loans, auto loans, medical debt, whatever it is, that's where you want to start. So mathematically, you'll usually pay off your debt more quickly and with less interest by going down this route. This is the debt avalanche method. So you pay off your debt with the highest interest rate first while paying the minimum on your other accounts. This way you can get the high interest rate out of the way and not let that compound as well. Because we know compounding is a great thing, which it is. There's a reason that Albert Einstein said it's the eighth wonder of the world and it can make your money grow and do a lot of great things for you, but it can also work the other way. So let's not let it do that. So once you do go ahead and pay off that first loan or the card, you apply its minimum monthly payment and any extra payments to the loan or card with the next highest interest rate and so on. So if you had a credit card interest rate of 8%, you want to pay that one down before you would pay down one with 6%. Get the high interest rate out of the way first. Let's not let the bad compounding occur there. So when you have debt, you're no longer working just for you or your family. You're working for the people you owe money to. And believe it or not, The average American carries $34,000 in consumer debt. So that's going to be step one, is pay down that debt. Step two is going to be that emergency fund. So it's fun and sexy to talk about investing, and it's even wild is that when people hear the word investing, the first thought is like, millionaire, what do I need to invest to become a millionaire? But our immediate thought comes to how we can make money with the stock market, and In the first episode, I discussed the two ways that I personally view the stock market, which is one, a way to make money, yes, and two, a way to make the money you work so hard for work hard for you. So when it comes to investing, yes, it can be extremely lucrative and helpful to achieve your financial goals, and that's why we do it. In fact, necessary for most. But before that investing conversation, we need to talk about the emergency fund. So you pay down your debt. After you've done so, you're debt-free. Now you may even have good debt, which I'll discuss in a future episode, but any debt with high interest rate payments are currently out of the way. It's now time to start funding that emergency fund. Now, an emergency fund, it's different for every person. For some people, that's three months of living and food. For others, it's a year. It's whatever amount you're comfortable with having in your savings account. So what I often see clients put too much money in their emergency fund, that's a different discussion. But by doing that, It can take away from your portfolio growth and thus stunt the growth of your timeline to financial freedom. Because remember, any money that's not working hard for you, that money, it's just sitting there not gaining any value. That's okay if it's your emergency fund. You have that fund set away knowing, hey, if something happened, if an emergency went down or if I needed to help a friend out or whatever it is, you have the ability to do so and you don't have to stress Well, that's perfectly normal. Many people have emergency funds. I have an emergency fund. And for me personally, I like to have three months of living expenses in my savings account at all times. But anything after that, I'm going to go ahead and invest because I want that money working for me. I often see clients put too much into their emergency fund where they've got three, four, five years, and that's actually going to be hindering their growth. 
So that's step two is fund that emergency fund. Step three is going to be investing. Now, there's many different ways to invest. We often hear about the individuals who picked Tesla stock early and made a fortune, but you don't hear about the individuals who did the same with GoPro, which went from $82 a share to $8 a share, or Blockbuster from $28 a share to less than $1. So that's where the importance of diversification comes in. You've probably heard diversification many times, but there's over-diversification, and then there's under-diversification, and then there's just diversification. So I know that's a fancy-schmancy word that you hear all the time, but the, the reason it's so important is because if you hold multiple companies in your portfolio, you're not at the risk of losing all the money you worked hard for because the other company's growth will pick up the slack. If Blockbuster goes down or GoPro goes down because... It turns out that in the surf video that you had of GoPro where it's you and you thought it was a 20-foot wave and turns out it was actually a 5-foot wave and you decided, I want to get rid of that camera, I don't look as good, which wasn't me, but I'll just say that uh, I might have had a few experiences where I thought the wave was much bigger than it was, and turns out GoPro goes into the toilet, well, what good is that for you now? Well, it's terrible because now your financial goals are tied to that one company. Let's not let that happen. So... Then there's over-diversification where turns out you're in so many various mutual funds, which I'll see with clients, where they're in so many funds, which are great, but they might be holding the same stock in all of them. So if you've got 10 mutual funds because you want to be diversified and you have Apple stock in all of them, well, if you add up Apple stock in all of them, you might be owning 10 or 15% of Apple just in different places. So it can kind of be hidden. That's where it makes sense to say, okay, how many mutual funds do I need? Is it three? Is it five? Is it 50? But what are their roles? So it might make sense to have a few. It might make sense to have 50, but it depends on what your goal is. So in future episodes, I'm going to discuss how to invest and where exactly to start, the types of accounts, all the fun stuff that comes with that. But today, I want you to start thinking about what you may not normally think of when it comes to investing. And that's not the sexy stuff, but I'm talking about the tax implications. So holding shares of a company that does well, it's great. You're making money essentially while you're sleeping. You wake up and funds are moving and you're seeing companies fluctuate throughout the day. You might go on a Yahoo Finance or CNBC and it, you know, stuff is going on even while you're at work, which is great. But you're participating in the company's growth, which is what makes investing special. But let's say you sold the stock without realizing the tax consequences. Well, the IRS is going to have the last laugh on that one because you could be leaving money on the table depending on the type of account you hold. If you just sold the stock willy-nilly and didn't think about it and just went, great, I had Apple stock and it's up 100%, I'm going to sell it. Well, you might be losing a lot of money than if you just were more intelligent about the tax planning behind it. So the tax implication of investing, in my opinion, might be debatably more important than the types of investments you choose. Remember, it's not about how much money you make. It's about how much you keep in the understanding of your risk tolerance along the way. You don't want to have such a high risk tolerance that you're having trouble sleeping because of the fluctuation of your, remember the fluctuation is the ups and downs of your portfolio. Well, then it's not worth it. So if you wanted to invest for the future and maximize your growth, you may hold more individual stocks than someone close to retirement. If you wanted to invest, but the swings of the stock market cause you to lose sleep, as I was saying, and you envision your portfolio at night losing 30% or 40% of the value, and you think about you sitting at work, and you're like, that's three years of my work. Well, then it's not worth it. Now, this has happened on many times where the stock market's gone down 30 or 40%, and it will surely happen again, 
So giving up that potential growth may in fact be worth it for that situation. Once again, it comes down to your goals. So to recap, pay down your debt. Put away funds for your emergency fund that is comfortable with you, whether that's one, three, six, 12 months, 24, whatever it is, what's comfortable to you where you go, you know, if I were to lose my job or if something were to happen, I'm going to be okay. After those two steps, that's when you can begin to invest with proper diversification in an understanding of the tax implications that occur with investing, whether it's selling an individual stock or withdrawing funds from a designated retirement account. I hope those three steps are helpful for you when it comes to deciding you know, where to start when it comes to your finances, and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Personal Finance Redefined Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and let me know if there's anything in particular you would like me to discuss by submitting a question at personalfinanceredefined.co. That's personalfinanceredefined.co. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next time. Hey everyone, quick disclaimer here. Please be smart about this, and before taking any action, consult with your tax planner or financial planner. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as investment, tax, legal, or other financial advice. It's for informational purposes only.